as you know, we, we, the Lord gave me five words, right? And those five words come out of Nehemiah. And what happened in Nehemiah? The remnant was coming out of Babylon. Not everybody came out of Babylon, but we don't know, you know what percentage. We know how many came out, and we know that uh, they took a tremendous offering from those who didn't come out. So if some of you don't want to come out, we'll take your money. They raised $45 million and brought that back to Jerusalem to rebuild. That, that was powerful. Amen? Some can't go, but they give. <laughs> But the remnant came back. And I believe there's a remnant probably in every church in this city. There's, there's a remnant that's still on fire. There's a remnant that, that wants more. There's a remnant. Someone said, I heard someone say, I think it was Damon Thompson, he said, he said, how do you have continuous revival? He said, the only way you can have continuous revival is if you stay continuously hungry. If you're not continuously hungry, there cannot be continuous revival. Revival begins to, and by revival, we just mean the presence of God in our midst, whatever he wants, whatever that looks like. That's what we want. Give God praise if you understand what I'm saying. Hallelujah. We said those five words. We already preached about joy. We preached about gathering. Amen? And that, that the power of the church is in its gathering. We're talking about that maybe a little bit more today. And then we talked about faithfulness. And we, we said, now, now, the Lord is redefining as it were. Give us a different conception, a deeper conception of what faithfulness really is, because it looks like love. And Jesus says, you know, the, he said, the world, say the world. He said, the world will know that you're my disciples. Why? Because you love the brethren. Come on. You, you love each other. That's the sign of maturity. It's not just how many scriptures you know. It's not just how deep. People say, let's go deep. Yeah, let's go deep. Let's go deep in our relationships. You can know a lot and not, and, 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 and not be right. You can have a lot of spiritual gifts and still have some problems. But love conquers everything. Love changes everything. Amen. There's not a problem in this church or any church. There's not a problem in the world that can't be fixed by loving each other. Come on and praise you if you know that's right. But it has to be exercised. We have to do hospitality. Amen. We have, we have to do life together if we're, if we're going to reach our goals. Come on now. Hallelujah. Listen, in, in regards to that, i throw this up on the screen. Jesus didn't just save us. He has a say in how we live our life. He didn't just die to save us. He died to change us. Now that he saved us, he has a say in how we live. I know you think it's your choice. You could do whatever you want. Preacher, don't you tell. I'm not trying to tell you anything. God said, I'm free. Not really. You're really not free. We talk about, oh, we want to be free. Uh, yeah, you're free from the devil, free from the powers of hell. Whew. But you're not free. If you're a child of God, you belong to him. And when you live in daddy's house, you live by daddy's rules. I know some of you want to go out on your own. Amen. We talked about, we talked about a lot of Christians think life's still a lazy river. Amen. And if you were here last week, we talked about that, and we, we saw that little picture of people going down this lazy river on inner tubes, and everybody had their own inner tube, and some of the inner tubes were empty, 
but it's not an inner tube thing anymore. Those cheap Walmart inner tubes aren't going to get you down this river. It's time the church wakes up because we can't make it on Jesus' light. We can't just have a little dabble, do ya? Oh, I just hit the 20s and I hit the 70s. Amen. You got to be in your 60s to hear to know what little dabble do ya. You got to know what that commercial is. Well, I guess you got the old time TV now. You can watch that, right? But did, he didn't just save us. He saved us to have a say in how we live our lives. So we've been talking about coming out of Babylon. Today, we get to the fourth word, which is together. Say that with me. Say it together. I got you now. What does this look like in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 16? So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction, while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor, and the leaders were behind all the house of those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. You got to learn how to load yourself. He said, you, gotta, you, you can't just pick up your load any old way. I mean, we have burdens to bear. We have jobs to do. We have a calling to fulfill. But he said, as you do it, do it in the right way. Amen. He said, you carry things with one way, with one hand, but in the other, you got to have your sword ready to fight at a moment's notice. Amen. Wow. Hallelujah. So he says, he says in verse 18, every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet, where's my shofar? The one who sounded the trumpet was right beside me. I don't know if you've seen what these old westerns, right, when the Calvary, that trumpet guy, his only concern was staying by the commander So because they didn't, they didn't have Internet. He, didn't, he couldn't go to someone, send a group text to C-Squad. They had to blow the trumpet to give instructions, attack, retreat, right flank, left flank. And, and they would use the trumpet, right? I myself. Verse 19, so I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive. Can I get an amen? And we are separated far from one another on the wall. Uh-huh. Aren't we separated through the week? And sometimes you feel all alone, and who's going to pray for me, and I don't know what I'm gonna, how I'm going to get through this. We're separated. So verse 20, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there, and our God will fight for us. Let me give you three points. Number one, we need to work. Say it with me. We need to work together. Now, one of our words, our second word was gather. It's one thing to just gather, and I said the power of the church is in its gathering. So the more often we can be here, I think the more powerful the church will be. The next time you want to worship at St. Mattress, I want to remind you that by choosing not to be here, you have diminished our power. Now, some people are hindrances. You go ahead and worship in your, on your mattress. But if you're not a hindrance, you are diminishing our power. Because there's power in the gathering. That's why I told him on the day of Pentecost, he just said, he didn't tell him what to do or how to do it. He just said, go to the upper room and be together. 
How many know there was more than 120 believers at that point? But only 120 showed up. And those who showed up got the power. You know, somebody was down at the barbershop saying, boy, I wish I was 121. Someone else was at the doctor's office and said, boy, I wish I'd have showed up at the upper room. Did you hear what happened at church yesterday? It's time. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. If we would just make up our minds that Sabbath is important, if we could just make up our minds that it's one of the Ten Commandments for crying out loud. <laughs> if, you know, as pastor, as pastor, if I break the other nine, you fire me. If I break any of the nine commandments, I get fired. But I cannot honor the Sabbath, and you'd probably give me a raise for working so hard. Let's give pastor a raise because he works seven days a week. <laughs> so what's the difference between gather and together? The word together describes how we gather. Because we don't just, listen, we could be gathered at Walmart. You could run into each other at Walmart, but you're not together necessarily. Notice it said on the day of Pentecost, they were all in one verse. They were all in one place and in one accord, and that's not a Honda. They were all in one place, okay, but they were also in one accord. They were together. The word two means direction. It means to gather, to gather. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, this is from the message. He says, I turned my head and saw yet another wisp of smoke on its way to nothingness, a solitary person, completely alone. No children, no family, no friends, yet working obsessively late into the night, compulsively greedy for more, and more never bothering to ask, why am I working like a dog, never having any fun, and who cares? More smoke. It's better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work. Share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Two in a bed warm each other. Alone you shiver all night. That's before central heating. By yourself you're unprotected. With a friend you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? Because a three-stranded rope isn't. Go back to verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for They have a good return. They get a good return on them. They're more efficient. You don't get twice as much. You you might get three or four times as much. Isn't that interesting? You get a better return on your labor because you're working together. So look at Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we were in, that how, how Jerusalem lies waste. Its gates are burned with fire. Listen, the church needs revival. The church needs the presence of God. They need fire once again on the altars. They need a change, a move of the Spirit in these last days. But we're in distress. Churches lie waste. Our gates are burned with fire. So what does he say? Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. All you got to do is turn the TV on and real quick you'll see how the church has become a reproach in this world. They really think, they don't think much of it. Verse 18, and I I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also the king's words that he'd spoken to me. So they said, 
So they said, when, when I got a vision, when I heard the word, when, when I spoke, when I explained the situation, when I described the waste of the church, come on, church, here's what they said. And I'm hoping this is what you will say. Come and let us build the wall. Let's build the church. Let us rise up and build. I'm not talking about a new wing on the building. We don't need another wing. We just need some wings of the Spirit. They said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. Then Eliashib, the high priest, priest rose up with his brethren, uh, the priest, and, and built the sheep gate and consecrated and hung its doors. They built it as far as the Tower of the Hundred and consecrated then as far as the Tower of, uh, of Hananel. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 2. Watch this. Next to Eliashib, the men of Jericho built. And next to them, Zachar, the son of Imri, built. Uh, also the sons of uh, that guy built the fish gate. They laid its beams, hung its doors with its bolts and bars. Next to him was Merimoth, the son of Uriah. Listen, I can go on and on because this goes on for 32 verses. Nehemiah thought it was important to list the families because every family had a spot on the wall. He said, this family built this part of the wall. This family built that part of the wall. That's what I'm talking about together. Amen. It's not about just showing up. We need to understand that every family has a part. Every family has a responsibility. And if you don't do what God's called you to do, there's a breach in the wall. Proverbs 18.1, an unfriendly person isolates himself. And seems to care only about his own issues. Issues. For his contempt of sound judgment makes him a recluse. It is not sound judgment to isolate yourself. When you isolate yourself, you separate yourself from blessing. We talked about this. It's not just you and Jesus. If you can imagine a triangle, you say, I, I want to get closer to Jesus. Well, if, this, if, you know, if the peak is Jesus and this leg, this arm is, is people and this is people, as you get closer to Jesus, you get closer to people. And as you get closer to people, you get closer to God. Now, some of you don't even like people. But it's time that we learn how to love people and understand that it works like a cross and the horizontal uh, relationship is just as important as the vertical relationship and you can't have one without the other. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. When they ask Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He says, well, actually, I can't answer it that way because there are two. You can't boil it down to one. There are two. This world wants to get rid of God and just have some kind of relationship. That's not going to work. And then there's church people who want to get rid of the people and just be them and Jesus. Well, I'm sorry, but you got to have both. You can't have just one commandment. There are two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and body, and your neighbor as yourself. Ah, come on, hallelujah. Oh, I might get to preach yet. I might get to preach. How many know? How many of you have ever started a fire? I'm not talking about being an arsonist. I'm talking about, well, you got, I know my audience, ex-arsonist. I don't know why I looked over. How many know you can't build a fire with one log, right? You have to have a structure. And you start with some little sticks first and let that burn up. And then you can put some bigger logs in there and you build the fire. 
I remember this story about a pastor who visited one of his one of his members that had been absent for several weeks, and he sat down in the in the chair next to the fireplace. And as he's talking to his uh, his uh, little sheep that had gone astray, as he's talking, he pulled one of the sticks out of the fire and put it off to the side. And the guy said, and finally just got the best of him. And he said, "Preacher, the fire like that." He, he said, "Well, is the fire still burning?" He said, "Yeah." Is the stick still burning? It was. But as soon as you took it away, as soon as you walk out of together, you'll burn a while, but eventually you will burn out. I know people say things like, you don't need to go to church to go to heaven. Yeah, well, maybe, but you need, you need the church to stay on fire. Don't act like you don't need us because you need us. And, and, and some people say, well, yeah, the church isn't perfect. Well, neither are you. And if you ever find a perfect church, don't join it because you just ruined it. We're not the church because we're perfect. We're just, we're just sons and daughters. We're fa- people say, I want us to be like family. And like that's some kind of magical thing where family means we all just get along. We all just love each other. No, look at your own family. That's family. We don't always get along. Come on now. But here's the thing, if, if, I, if, I, if my kid does something I don't like him to do, I can correct him, I can be angry, fuss at him, but he's still my boy. Come on. Not much I can do about it right now. He's in Anchorage, Alaska, but, you know, you know it's funny. He's in Anchorage, Alaska, and he still has a 1,000 miles to go before he gets to where he's going to go. The fire goes out once it's separated from the other logs. The power is in our assembly, but the anointing is our unity. And unity is our anointing. Together, together. Kind of like, kind of like the concept of an armor bearer, right? We need armor bearers. But we sometimes think armor bearer, oh, he's just the guy that carried around the armor. No, 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 no. He'd fight in the battle with you. Amen. And, and he would, and if you needed a certain, certain arm, you know, he carried maybe a few more uh, swords and knives than you did, but, but he had your shield and whatever needed to be done. But when the battle really got hot, here's what he would do, right? right? He didn't just stand around like, like a caddy at a golf game. You want your nine iron now, sir? You know, it's, no, no, he'd, 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 be, he'd be fighting, right? I'm fighting this way. He's fighting that way. Come on now, an armor bearer is someone who's got my back, amen. I can't fight the guy behind me. I can't fight the devil sneaking up on me. But I got an armor bearer, hallelujah, who, who's another set of eyes, another sword, another direction, another protection. That's my armor bearer, oh, hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, from the Passion, I urge you, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity it's your choice we can't be in unity because this one no no we are in unity if you want to be unity doesn't depend on all of us you know agreeing the same doctrine but it means that we're all agreeing on the mission and we're agreeing on the order that God gives us in an army there's all different kinds of soldiers and they all have different jobs what gives those army what gives those soldiers unity they obey the commands of the general to to agree to live in unity with one another and put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart 
be resolved as one united body living in perfect harmony. Form a consistent choreography among yourselves, having a common perspective with shared values. I saw this on Facebook, this, pic, this picture of a, of, of a razor blade and an axe. I thought I shared it, and I thought I'd share it with you here. The razor blade is sharp but can't cut a tree. The axe is strong but can't cut the hair. Every, but you don't, you know, try shaving with an axe. <laughs> Everyone is important according to his or own unique purpose. Never look down on anyone unless you are admiring their shoes. You know that whole chapter in Matthew where it talks about where two or three are gathered. I'm there. That same chapter it says if two or three agree. So you got gathered, I'm there. And agreed together. When you gather, I'm there. When you're together, I answer prayer. That even rhymes. Church, it is time to get in the boat. Get out of your little inner tube. How, how many can picture a Viking boat? I want you to notice a couple things about this Viking boat. Uh, which direction is the boat going? Which way are they facing? They never see where they're going. How many, how many of you had that experience with God where he said, go, and you said, where? He just said, go. Yeah, but where? No, go. Come on, Abraham, go. Where do I go? Just go west. Well, where? Where I got to set my GPS. By the way, you have a GPS. It's called God's positioning system. I don't know. Sometimes if we could see where we're going, we probably wouldn't go. So if, you're, if your job is to row the boat, it's not your job to see or say where we're going. If, you're, if it's your job to row the boat, and is it important to have people rowing the boat? So if it's your job to row the boat, it's not your job to see or say where we're going. There's a guy in the front who's the leader. He's looking out for icebergs. Gloria preached on the Titanic this weekend. He's looking out for rocks. He's looking for the harbor. He's looking for land sometimes. How many, you know, if we could just find land, whoo-whoo. the Holy Ghost, whoo. Are you not familiar with whoo? So, so there's a guy with a chart. He's in the front. He's looking forward. He's looking for where we're going. And then there'd be a guy in the back who's, who's eyeball to eyeball with the rowers. And he's got his hand on the, the steering wheel. No, you're not Navy, I tell you. The rudder. So when the guy in the front says turn right, he knows how to turn the rudder. So, mm, praise God. Hallelujah. You see, it's not even your job to turn the boat. It's your job to row the boat. Amen. Well, I don't like the way the pre. It doesn't matter if you like it. If you don't like it, get out of the Because there's some other boat going where you want to go. Maybe. And then there's waterfalls. So be careful what boat you get in. Come on now, and some boats leak. This will go. This will preach all day long. Come on now. And some boats don't have enough sense to stay out of the storms. So, so here we go. There's a guy in the back who steers the boat, and everyone's looking at him because a lot of times he'll have a little drum back there, and he'll, when he hits the drum, that means stroke, stroke, stroke. Amen. And they're watching him, and he's watching them. So you got, you got the leader. You got the, can I say, the pastor out front, and then you got administrators in the back, and it's their job to lead and, and 
and and and minister what what the what the leader uh, anybody catching this illustration here? Amen. And there's someone in the back of the boat who's who's helping you. He's helping you stay in rhythm and stay on time. Keep your strength up. And he'll tell the guy at the front they're they're tired. They need a rest or whatever is needed. Amen. It's not enough to know where you're going. You got to know your rowers and you got to love on him and and you got to feed them every Sunday except for the boat rowers who don't show up on Sunday. It'd be really bad if all the boat rowers on the right showed up and and none of them on the left. It's called going in circles. I can see whatever God shows me, but if you don't row, if you don't row, we just go in circles. And someone will just say, row faster. And someone else will say, we've gone nowhere faster than we've ever done before. Point two, we need to work together. We need to warfare together. Something you need, everybody, mandatory. How many of you are, if you're 18, you would now would not have, you would not have, you will serve. And then after you're, after you're 20, then f- until you reach the age of 50, every month you, pra- you, you practice with your 50. So everybody, I said everybody in Israel has either served, is serving, or will serve. Why in the world? And, and believe me, that's why their society is very different from they have a shared experience that we don't have in America. Uh, and, and, and if you're a veteran, you know what I'm talking about. You get around an, another vet and you, you instantly have, it doesn't matter what branch of service, you know, we, we, we mess with each other, but, but it doesn't matter. You have a shared experience. doesn't matter if you were in Vietnam or Iraq. We, we share something, amen, that other people really don't know about. Well, imagine a whole society that has shared something together. Listen, it's time to understand that we are in a war. The sad thing about a lot of tr- you, you're in a war whether you want to be or not. It's not a choice. We are in a war. And, and here's the thing. As I said last week, if we don't disciple people, we're sending them into a war that they're not trained to fight. They're not trained to fight. Why, why is everyone in the military? Because they're surrounded because they're under constant threat, because at a moment's notice, they don't have an ocean waiting for a a missile to come across. They have 30-second alarms. Amen. But listen, at the call, at a single call, they could raise an entire army almost overnight. Amen. My God, help us that we can have the church ready to go at a moment's notice, because everyone's trained. Everyone's committed. Everyone understands the threat and knows, oh, my God, that we are our soldiers in the army of the Lord. Give him a praise. Amen. Real quick, Ecclesiastes 4.12, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a three cord, uh, threefold cord is not quickly broken. There it is again, 1 Peter 5.9. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world, in the world. We all Share what you go through, people in Africa, South America, and Asia, and Europe go through. If you're a Christian, we're all fighting the same devil. He's like a roaring lion. Let me tell you something about the lions. You know how they work? The old lions. Do we have any old lions here? The old lions roar. They got this, they've, they've got the roar down. Isn't that what Peter said? Like a roaring lion. But when they hear the roar, the flock or the herd scatters. When the threat hits, they all just run different directions, and that's what they want them to do because unknown to the herd is the young lions are hiding in the grass. One over there, one over there, one over there, and they split up. So when they split up, they're all vulnerable. 
So the enemy's roaring at Journey Life Center. But you know what our response needs to be? Roar all you want, you toothless lion. I've got a word for you. If we run, if we separate, if we go our separate ways, if we act like we don't need each other, we're all going to get eaten. But if we stick together and and say, you roar all you want, we're sticking together. We're doing this together. We're fighting the devil together. We are guaranteed victory if we stay together. That means being in church. It means being involved, being a part of the body of Christ. How many will agree with me? I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Uh, Nehemiah, go back there. The strength of the laborers is failing. After a while, they just got wore out. He said, there's so much rubbish that we're not able to build the wall. Our adversaries say, they will, they will neither know, know nor see anything. Do we come into their midst? I'll sneak up on them. I'll kill them. We'll cause the work to cease. Listen, uh, the devil knows he can't get you to go to hell, but if he can just get you to quit working, that's really all he needs. Come on now. Verse 12, it, so it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten times, ten times the number of organizations. From whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. They're coming against us. Therefore, I positioned, go on, 24. I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to families with their swords, their spears, and I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of the devil. Remember the Lord great and awesome and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. It's time. We all have a different responsibility. I don't mind doing your job if it's to do other people's jobs because it's a saying, you probably never get to the pulpit. Look at this, look at this. Those are the little, see the big boat in the background, those are the little boats after the whale. That's the, that's the pastor with the harpoon. There's the staff in the back. Look, look, the guys, the guys have their backs to, they have no idea what they're, you know, I'm at the front saying, that's a big whale. That is a big whale. I'm looking, I, I turn around and they're just, and I look at the guy in the back and say, it's big, it's big. But I, I'm in the dart. This quote, if we can. To ensure the greatest efficiency of in the dart, the harpooners of this world must start to their feet from out of idleness and not from out. If I'm in the boat rowing, first of all, my, <laughs> none of us would know where we're going. If you bog your pastor down with all the things that have to be done, then I, I got to pick up an oar and, and, and row. And if I'm rowing, watch and And here's something more important than that. When it's time to throw the harpoon, I'm wore out. Like, throw it now. And this thing's heavy. And all we do is float around the ocean. Some of you are harpooners. Some of you are rowers. Some of you, we all, sometimes you can take a break. Realize whenever you, but there are times, right, we'll wait on you. Your heart to get in church every, find your, you're going to hear, I think every Sunday morning, row the boat. The ushers are coming, and they have, I might have talk about Corinthians where one member suffers, we all suffer. And if one's rejoicing, we all, we all rejoice. Peter 4, 7 says, everything in the world is a be wrapped up. So take nothing for, stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, say most of all, love each other. Most of all, love each other. As if your life, there's your motivation. There's your motivation. Your life depends. Because the devil will pick you up. When you start attending once a month, our love makes up for practical. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the cheerfully. Be generous with passing on so that all get if words and so on and so forth. So throw this up in the screen. How many are ready to make number one? I 
commit myself to joyful and passionate in your 